1: hello everyone welcoming kevin cole to the sports creative fantasy football podcast i'm davis Maddock. we are here of course to chat some prospects we are uh the the combine is upon us everyone has uh you know descended upon indianapolis they're they're tweeting photos of their steaks from the steakhouse and they're you know everyone has to very casually drop that they're in indianapolis um you know in some sort of in some sort of way so we're we're here. I am uh, I am of course one of the people that loves the combine, the underwear olympics, that you know, that that stuff is for me. And uh, NFL teams care about the the underwear olympics, Kevin.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think they do. Although I don't know about you. I preferred when they didn't try to make it such a primetime late later in the week event. Yeah. Because I mean, I get it from the NFL's perspective, right? It's more eyeballs. Obviously you're going to get more eyeballs watching this thing on television, but I'm wondering if they lose any of the viral kind of insider frenzy that goes on as it does when people are really plugged into Twitter during the daytime and you're seeing this stuff here. Cause I felt a little bit more disconnected to some of this stuff uh at least i think i'm going to feel more disconnected to this stuff if i'm pretending to actually have a life and to do things in the evening while some of these drills are going on as opposed to in the past it would have been like 10 a.m you're just or noon time you're just injecting it straight into your veins uh all day long
1: no it's uh it's it's unquestionably way better to be having it at at noon like i want i want to i want to know that george pickens uh is is running you know a, a four three and i want to know it at, at i i want to know it right now i want to be yeah. tweeting it when I'm, I'm at my computer i'm not going to be at my computer when george pickens runs a four three and that is uh that's a little disappointing
0: well a lot of people are going to be gone from the combine too by 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 the time they're actually doing some of these events it's funny i'm going i'm not going to the combine i went to the combine a couple of years ago it's, it's a great experience to do, I would say it's very like football centric, but I am going to the Sloan sports analytics conference this year, which I didn't go to in 2020, but I've gone a couple of prior years to that. Um, it depends on who you are. I think for me, like I'm more of a. I'm not like I'm a big fish anywhere but I'm a little bit more of a big fish maybe in Sloan talking to all the little like college nerds who want to have this sort of position than going to the combine where you know you're you're getting you're like the wedgie it's back it's back to wedgie zone here for for the nerds there
1: that's that's tape grinder that's tape grinder central <laughs> yes, right exactly yeah. but no. it is cool
0: just to see these dudes like the see head coaches and to see gms and see other people just casually strolling through uh or at the bar or to see uh your your boy Jerry Jones at uh at prime the main steakhouse there uh there's <laughs> I'll tell you another time about some Jerry Jones stories from that I, but yeah i
1: i can't imagine um so you have begun modeling out the, the running backs and the wide receivers for this class. Correct.
0: That is, that is correct. Yeah. The first stab, the first stab at doing it. And of course we have the combine information we will solidify some of these assumed draft positions and all that stuff will happen and change around a lot in the coming months. But yeah, this is the first stab to, to get a temperature check on where we are.
1: Okay. So, so temperature check there, there seems to be, a discrepancy between what the nerds uh, and I don't even know I don't even know what level of nerddom you consider yourself because there, there's definitely a difference between fantasy football nerds like dynasty nerds and, um, you know, uh, then then there's like the modeling nerds and that those are actually two separate. Things, and then there's the film watching nerds and film watchers, you know, don't kid yourself. You are also a nerd. Like,
0: like, what about those sickos who play Debbie that are like scouting junior high kids?
1: Yeah. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, I was in a Debbie league during the the heights of quarantine and I messaged Scott fish last off season. And I said, I know this is the worst. I know there are hundreds of people doing this to you, but I can't do this. I cannot, <laughs> I cannot be, uh, you know, tracking college football. For, I, you know, I can't be paying, a 2026 first round pick for Braylon Allen, who might, is not going to be in the NFL for three years. Like I just can't. Um, so anyway, Traylon Burks is is actually contentious, right? There's a difference between what the film people say about him. Uh, you know us us dynasty nerds. He's young. He was super productive in the SEC. He's coming out early. We expect him to have a good combine. So so where do you have Traylon Burks?
0: I mean, I have him at the top, uh, but. You say that there's a lot of disconnect there. Um, maybe that's the case, and I know that some of the uh, some assumed draft positions that I'm using on this stuff, it's a little, it's a little bit that, fluid. That's
1: but where that's where the disconnect is coming from. Where I think you know, Dynasty Nerd Twitter has him as a top ten pick, and it sounds like maybe the NFL is not as enthusiastic.
0: I mean, the thing is, the NFL doesn't seem to be that enthusiastic about either the running backs or the wide receivers it's not like last season where what do we have the first seven picks were all offensive players um and you had you know multiple skill position players you had waddle you had uh chase you had um You eventually had Devontae Smith, you had Pitts, you had all those guys, all those guys going so early. And it wasn't like the defensive players were god awful uh, up there, too. It was just that the offensive players were that good. So we don't see that this time. There's just the lack of high end talent. And so, what I'm saying to you Trey Burks is number one. I have Trey Burks as number one. I have this like on a percentile basis for the projections. And he's, you know, 95th, 96th percentile, whereas someone like Chase would have been between 99 and 100 percentile, just to give a a frame of reference for like how different of these guys, these guys are. But part of that is is plugging in their assumed draft position. And we're assuming that Burks is going to go in the middle of the first round as opposed to uh, a, a lock to go in the top 10 like Chase was at this point a year ago.
1: Which is, uh, I mean, that is, that's sort of what we're trying to answer right now is, is Jamar Chase or, um, you know, is Traylon Burks a Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Jamar Chase sort of immediate superstar guy who, when you take him at, you know, I I guess, depending on if it's super flex or regular or whatever, you know, at the 101 or the 102 or whatever, is he going to be that guy that is, you know, it's possible within 12 months as a top 12 overall player or whatever you know and obviously contingent on landing spot and things like that and my sense is my sense is probably not but but that it's just like a gut feel thing
0: yeah i mean i don't i, I can't point to anything that really concerns me that much i mean the one thing that you could point to is is the the stuff i'm going to be the worst at which is you know nuance I, that 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 my it's my favorite terminology that's used by guys who are grinding it, they'll say he doesn't have great nuance to his routes. And maybe that's also partially related to a little bit of gimmicky usage. If you're saying that he was constantly uh lining up in the slot, despite the fact that he's probably gonna weigh 220 pounds and, well, and run a fast
1: and that's what people said about, and all that stuff. That's what people said about Rager, right? That was that was one of the things about Rager, is that is well,
0: that I'm- there was some concern with Justin Jefferson as a senior. All I mean, as, as a junior also in his yeah. final season. So, I mean, so I'm actually doing this analysis now. Um, it'll come out over the next couple of days where I looked at, I kind of clustered all these different prospects. We only have it going back to 2017 where we're actually tracking whether or not someone is pressed at the snap. Um, even if they're not targeted, if they're pressed at the snap, we only have it if they're targeted before that. Okay. So I'm looking at all these different guys and, yeah, uh Burks was only pressed 10% of the time, whereas someone like Jamar Chase was, you know, 50% of the time that he was facing press coverage in his last couple of seasons. But when Burks has been pressed, he's been the most efficient guy out there and he's been doing it in a very similar way to these alpha uh X receivers where I think his average depth of target was 16 and a half 17 yards down the field. He's winning contested catches when he needs to and yeah, his yards per route run is just ridiculous when he's pressed. It's over 6 uh over the last couple of seasons, which is blows away anyone else. So, you'd like to see more of it, but there's not really evidence that he can't do it. He just wasn't asked to do it a whole lot and you don't know if that's you know, you you'd love to see it and you'd love to have it, but right but you know, there's nothing about his physical profile or his numbers when he did it, that says this guy can't do it.
1: Which I mean, right. You're that is I, and I guess that as we've really evolved, like the, the NFL has evolved in how they use wide receivers. Um, You know, like 10 years ago, Drake London is the number one wide receiver in this class. And it's not close. The NFL loved guys like that. I love guys like that. Right. Te- team big yeah. wide receiver. That was, that was such a big thing. And, and we, you know, partly because teams are playing three wide receivers more, partly because teams are, are spreading it out so much like being a slot wide receiver used to be like derogatory in a fantasy football context like you didn't want slot wide receivers and now we love when guys are in the slot like we want Ceedee lamb in the slot all the time for Dallas you know we want Kyle Pitts to be in the slot all the time. For the Atlanta Falcons, we like when Justin Jefferson goes inside because they at Cooper Cup, you know, j- does so much did so much of his damage um, out of the slot and just had like the best fantasy football wide receiver season ever. Like, how funny is it that Cooper Cup and Calvin Johnson literally could not be, you know, more different. And those are the two guys with like the best fantasy football season for wide receivers ever. So maybe that's good for Burks.
0: Yeah, I mean, it it depends on like we're talking about what value means like production wise. Yeah, I think it's been for a while now that there's been a recognition going into the slot is not going to hurt your production. In fact, it could could enhance your production. You mentioned Cooper Cup. He's the guy that you would point to there. Uh, I think he was pressed. I was looking at some of the top guys, like how often they're pressed this season. It was something like 20 to 25 percent for him versus, you know, 40 ish percent for someone like Jamar Chase. So he still is is functioning in a similar way to what he did in college, which is to avoid that press coverage. But it doesn't matter. He's offensive player of the year. He had one of the best seasons ever at the same time. I think where the NFL is really still telling us how they prefer these guys who can win on the outside is yes, in the draft, but not as much in the draft. I think they shifted a bit more in the draft, but still in how much they're paying these guys, I feel like they're telling us someone on there. I mean, maybe Cooper cup will now in the future, be like a guy that you would pay right. the most in the league for, but it's probably still going to end up being like a Deandre Hopkins type is going to get this huge contract. Even Keenan Allen, who would perform so, so well, he's got some pretty good contracts, but he wasn't he was never quite seen as being the same guy as these guys who were on the outside so Keenan
1: Keenan has never scored touchdowns
0: yeah yeah well that well that's a problem too um but yeah I, I think there is like a replaceability aspect to it that you you can put someone else in there who you can draft in the yeah, third throw round tread, or throw fourth round well in there yeah yeah you, you can draft much later or you could spend a lot less money on and get 85% of the production whereas you can't do that and throw someone on the outside
1: yeah um, so what is your what is your top five and and in what order?
0: okay, so top five uh I thought I had this up apologies. So top five Burks is number one, but he's very close to Jameson Williams and that yes that's that, that's
1: my that's my take is jameson I think Williams, Williams, Williams is be would be number
0: I think Williams would be number one if okay, I, I don't model in the the ACL tear, but right. his. Um, expected draft position is in the mid twenties as opposed to sixteen for Burks, so it's not a it's not like a huge difference, but that was it's enough to to basically even them out and make Burks slightly better on here. But but Williams would have been number one if not for that. Um, he's got a. They're both early declares, but he's a year younger than Burke. So I think that has a little bit of weight in here. And he's just been more of a field stretcher. And when I start to dig into some of the routes-specific sort of things, um, what he's done there and his ability to kind of win down the field gives him a bit of a boost over Burke. So, again, I could go with either guy here, but I think Williams, you just wish you could have gotten, you know, a blazing 40 time out of him, a little bit better draft position, that sort of stuff. But maybe you're actually getting a discount here uh, having to write off his rookie season or a significant portion of his rookie season, likely with the ACL tear. I,
1: I would not be surprised if Jamison Williams is the best wide receiver of this class. Um, he like the, just, you know, the the just absolutely unbelievable production in the sec, right? Like against guys like all the corners he played against. I mean, not all of them, that's an exaggeration, but lots of guys who are going to be in the NFL and uh, I, I was talking with Patrick Crane last week, and he said something that I thought was very astute, which is that you literally know exactly what his role is going to be in the NFL, I- at least to start. And, you know, obviously he'll be able to build on that if he is really good, but he is going to come in and imme- whatever team takes him, it's going to be like, go, right? Nine nine routes, post routes, like just get, get past the safeties, like, and, and um, something, uh, a painful lesson that, uh, that some of us have had to learn is that the guys who have to be drafted in very specific circumstances, guys like LaVisca Schnolt, guys like Rondell Moore, um, you know, where they have to, they, you the, the they have to have a role created for them in the offense. They're not good enough to just go win wherever they get put, have a much more difficult time converting in the NFL. And that, you know, I don't have that concern at all about Jameson Williams.
0: Yeah, no, no, I agree. I'd be, it'd be, Interested to see. I don't know if he's weighing in at the combine or what that even means, but I have like an assumed weight in here too, where I'm just ripping that off of what we have in our big board information. I'm not sure where where that's being pulled from. Maybe it's from the school website. So his assumed weight. Is I had it here at 189 pounds. This is pretty specific here, but 189 pounds. So if he comes in around that, obviously I think that's fine. You know, it's nowhere close to like the Marquise Brown sort of one 160. Dripping Devonta, Devonta Smith. Yeah, Devonta, Devonta Smith was a little bit different of a guy. I wasn't that concerned. I think I had Smith as being um, the second highest uh, projection coming out above Waddle and some other, and some other guys. So I wasn't as concerned about it, but for Williams is when. You know, I, it'd be really nice if he came in around 190 here too, rather than having those size concerns.
1: So is the rest of your top five London, Alave, Wilson in some order?
0: Yes, it is. Um, yeah, again, I, I do put draft position in here, so it's going to stick it's more gonna, rigidly too. Yeah. And there's just not like – a super producer type that's going to burst out. What I would say is that the one guy who's right on the outside looking in of the top five, but is very, very close is Wandale Robinson. And he's his, 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 his expected draft position is in the fifties as opposed to these other guys that are no worse than the mid twenties. So what what do you have his, what do you have his size at? Uh, 185 pounds. So you I'm worried. You think that's aggressive?
1: Well, I'm worried that's aggressive. I'm also worried he might be like 5'8", too. I'm, I'm worried. <laughs> like, so So Corrine yeah. Kar- and I do this show last week, and we spent like 15 minutes talking about Wondell, and then someone replies to the tweet out of the show, a picture they took next to Wondell. Uh-huh. And I don't know what it was about this specific picture, but he looked so small. And in a way that he doesn't look small, like watching him play at Kentucky. And the other interesting thing about him is you, I guess maybe you don't have that same concern. Like, I just wasn't even thinking about size concerns because he was recruited as a running back. He had more carries than receptions his first season at Nebraska. So it just felt like, well, yeah, if you can play running back, you can't be that small. Right. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think. I mean, I, I see him as being, if you look at the guys who went like Elijah Moore, Rondale Moore, I mean, very different players, obviously, as far as, as far Rondale Moore in, in particular. But those, the fact that those guys were drafted fairly high makes me think the nfl is warming a bit to this type of guy but i don't think robinson is going to be an early second round pick no like we saw for you know well Well, unless
1: unless some team you know feels the way the cardinals felt about rondale or about andy isabella right like it 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 would require some team like really falling in love with him in a way that you have to do with these out i mean you know mccall hardman smaller guy but but really fast and uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I love Rondale. I'm or Rondale. I love Wandale. I'm going to take him in all these dynasty drafts, but I have the the same concerns about him that I now retroactively should have had about Rondale and LaVisca, which is that if a team just asks him to be a normal slot wide receiver, I, I don't know how good he's going to be at that.
0: Yeah, I mean, the one and another positive thing here in a similar way to when I was talking about Burks is looking at him against press coverage. I mean, only okay, so he's only only 10 percent of the time. Again, it's roughly 10 percent of the time he faced press coverage, but he did average 4.4 yards per route run. He did have an average depth of target of 16 yards and uh, 40 percent of these targets were were contested. So it wasn't like he was just roaming free on some of these. A small sample, you don't know, but there's a much more dangerous bucket of player who are similar to what Wandale uh, Robinson is doing in, in other circumstances, but then once once they're pressed, they just turn into, they fall into apart. poop. Yeah, yeah, like, and these are guys, this other cluster, actually Elijah Moore kind of falls into this other cluster, to be honest, but Elijah Moore, Kadarius Toney, Rondale Moore, Tutu Atwell, Paris Campbell. These are the guys that I had falling that were drafted in the first two rounds that fell into this, like, a similar usage against press sort of player, but poor efficiency and much lower depth of targets for these guys. So they're just not going down the field as not able to win down the field against press coverage in college.
1: Which is uh, I mean, you you do have to be able to do that in the NFL. Um, so who is the who is the who's the Jeff Janice? Who is the guy? Who is the guy that which is so funny? Cause I actually talked to him the other day for the first time in forever. I need to uh I need to make a uh side by side of him and DK Metcalf running the 40 of the combine because Janice was
0: faster, which is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like I feel like Robinson's probably the my my favorite guy for like I'm I'm somewhat certain that he'll provide some value there. um It's really hard. I, like I'm just not that high on a lot of guys here. I mean I'm low. I could I could point to guys that I'm low on maybe more so than others like Pickens. Let's hear it. Pickens. I mean I I who knows? No,
1: you're dude. You know, no. Pickens. Yeah, I'm just overthinking I'm, that one. You're overthinking it. I am I am planting the flag on George Pickens. It's like. The guy had a 31% Dominator rating as a 17/18-year-old at Georgia, um, like t- tied for the team lead in touchdowns with DeAndre Swift, and uh, like he he was sort of the consensus top wide receiver of this class before he hurt his knee. He came back, he didn't look that good, and he's actually one of those guys. He was talking at the combine today, and he said, "Yeah, I expect to run like a 4 3 and if he runs a four, three at that size with how good he was as a, like a really young guy at Georgia, I am going to have a very hard time not being irrationally exuberant about
0: him, I guess, but I don't think you're going to be the only one is the problem. I mean, I think I'd even be like further out when it came, when it comes to him, if he runs some ridiculous 40 and goes flying up the board. Cause I mean, okay. So like the stat, the stats that I, that I look at more than anything, like the zoom draft position for here, I have him being in the mid forties. So again, if that's something that pops up into being like a first round sort of guy, it's going to help his projection, but I don't think it's going to help it nearly as much as what his like market price is going to be. The second thing is the career share of receiving yards and career share being bigger than your best share because larger sample, how early you're producing, all that sort of stuff goes into it. Now, I know he's missing all this time, so that's his problem still 20% is like low compared to anyone. And he never has, he only has one season where he basically had a 25% uh, market share. And you're right. He was really good really early, but I don't know, man. I don't know. You got got that. And you got the, like, didn't he have some off-field issues also? Yeah, Um, I don't know.
1: I don't know. I haven't dug deep enough in them to know specifically what they are. And I, you know. I just know
0: he got booted off the, I mean, he got like suspended or something, right?
1: Well, and also- I have come to take a different um, approach to some of the the off the field stuff because it became clear during the 2020 draft class that some of the guys off field issues were, they were like, fuck the racist structure of the NCAA and and the head coaching system. Like um, who are we talking
0: about specifically here?
1: It was the the Mike Leach guy. I don't even Oh, now I got to, I got to look this up, but there was, okay. Now I got to go look this up. Uh, all right. All right.
0: Do, this is, don't, don't get too, too woke on me here, but I'm, uh, I'm not trying
1: to, I'm not trying to get, I'm not trying to get too woke on you, but basically it was like Mike, Mike Leach was dinging one of his guys because they were super involved in the BLM stuff. And so he was telling everyone who would listen, how shitty yeah. this kid is. And um, it, you know, it turned out to not be the case.
0: Well, I'm just saying we've had like, I'm trying to think who, so who are the success stories for guys who, A, off-field issues in college B, um were not like killed as far as their draft position is concerned right because that that's my thing this D- guy's are, DJ, D-J I, I, shark I, is that would is be he the good? first
1: name yeah <laughs> is he good? Yeah,
0: yeah we'll yeah. see uh, it was it was, so. it
1: was it was kyle it was kylan hill
0: kylan hill okay, was Kylin, was the guy yeah who, i know you're talking about. yeah 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 but i mean you have yeah you could say something like oh you know what happened to tyree kill but whatever he went in the fifth round or something but i'm just thinking more of you know, you're – I'm, I'm trying to think of of, of who now. You're uh, – God, I had the name. I just had it a second ago, and I lost it. Who was the the big guy who went to Tennessee and then just totally flamed out? Adorial Green Beckham. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, that type or um, – Oh God, there's so many, there's so many different guys. There, I mean, there uh, are,
1: there are so many who fall in this category.
0: Yeah. Or they end up doing okay for a while. And, and then it does, I guess Des Bryant is probably a guy you could point to. Who's oh, that who was would, a big
1: one. Yeah. Who
0: would have been, who would have been like a top 10, top 15 pick, but then ended up going in the back half of the first round because of, because of that sort of, of co- stuff. And of so. course,
1: of course, Jerry Jones was the guy. Jerry Jones yeah. don't care.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does. Uh, yeah. Let's see. he, he brought uh, Hardy, right? Then he bring in Greg Hardy for oh, a little they, bit. he all a the Fiasco. guys. He, he yeah. brings in
1: all the guys. He, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't care. Um, so, point being, I'm not, I'm not sweating that. I'm not sweating it. Do you hard. have a I'm guy? Thinking. Do you have
0: a guy who's like a long shot sort? Because again, I, I, I didn't go too deep though on this. I admit, I'm not going to go super deep because we don't have good assumed draft positions for guys once we start to get out of, outside of the top like hundred pick sort of range. Do you, do you have a guy that you like? There Christian are, Watson, maybe a little bit? I don't know. So he, he is, more. he's
1: one of them. But again, also, I, I'm going to, I will find this guy after some guy weighs, you know, 216 pounds and runs a four and in six two Like, you know, that'll be my guy. But a couple yeah. of the guys who I think could fill that role, one of them is Sky Moore who just had this unbelievable final season at Western Michigan, 1300 yards, 10 touchdowns on, yeah. um, you know, a really bad team. Like uh, the next closest receiver on the team had 768 yards and six touchdowns. So he like, doubled. Yeah, you know, I, I
0: messed up my uh, I have him like way too high in my rankings because he wasn't on the, he didn't have an assumed draft position on, right. on this grinding the mocks, but so it, it defaulted to the PFF uh ranking and pff has a rank 30th on the big board so he's he's way up there at pff where i don't know man it kind of smells a little bit like i don't know some other guys who were pretty high we were pretty high on last year like maybe jalen darden or someone like that like 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 they grade well because a little shimmy shake and other things that they do there but i don't know if that necessarily is what you want for a prospect versus some dude who just beasts someone on the other side
1: well, yeah, I mean that that is fair. Um, and then, uh, the other one who i'm I'm pretty interested in is David Bell, who played with Rondale Moore the last couple of years of his career. Super productive, really young. Uh, super productive final season I mean he was super productive his entire yeah. career uh, you know again playing in a very defensive conference playing on a team that did not throw the ball a on so so for example I mean this this is one of my favorite things to do is just to go look at the raw numbers like you it, like I, yeah. I feel like it helps contextualize it more so David Bell his final season had 93 receptions and 1300 yards next closest on the team was 57 receptions and 730 yards which is just like I mean that is so much more productive than anyone else in that environment, and so and and especially because he played with Rondale, who is a second round pick, um, you know, and obviously uh, outproduced him because Rondale uh, barely played at, at Purdue after his his freshman year because he was he was hurt. And I guess if you really wanted to go there, also more productive than Bryson Hopkins, an NFL tight end.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, now that I'm looking here, I, I should have mentioned Bell earlier. He's Pretty close to Robinson, right below Robinson in my projection, and his draft position. His assumed draft position is in the fifties too. So yeah, so he's definitely some guy who's a bit who's a bit higher. Um, wait, well, let's talk about Drake London for a second, because right, okay. So here's here's my my concerns is that he had a really strong year, limited year of in eight games this last year. He didn't really do too much before that, um, but his market share receiving ours forty three percent is pretty is pretty crazy, and in some ways you could say that it's understated like it's it. Sh- it sh- you should almost adjust up for the fact that he was playing in these games where sc was throwing for like 400 yards and right. it's hard to get above 40 percent of the market share if you're throwing for that many yards in a game like it's easy if, if your team's throwing for 175 yards it's much easier to get 40 percent of that than it is to get 40 percent of 400 yards
1: much much easier for david bell to get the uh, the market share he did then then drake london playing in that air raid system at uh at usc i mean the the concern i have about drake london is that most of the guys of that type of player we've seen recently has have done poorly when you're when your job is to go win contested catches uh you know nfl teams just don't even really do that anymore like what 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 offenses run where that's a staple of what they do
0: yeah, I was a little concerned. You know, but the first step of my my film scouting is to like throw on the uh, the Just Bombs uh, the video, like yes. highlight reel. Oh,
1: huge, huge <laughs> fan of the Just Bombs. production So
0: reels. I was watching London, and I, I I was getting a little concerned by. It. I was like, we're you know two minutes into this thing, and I don't think I've seen anything but cont- but a contested catch. Yeah, we theme
1: we, we need a slant the, the entire
0: time. But I did look. Okay, so this is another thing where, in for these contested catch guys, um. It's not really what they do against press that was that I found more signal in but it's what they do when they have off coverage. So he's pressed a lot. He, he a lot of contested catches against press, but when you look at what they do against off coverage, he's not nearly as reliant upon contested catches whereas like the the poster child, the poster uh, cautionary tale of JJ our, our segment white side here literally, he, literally, that's what it is.
1: I hadn't been able to put a thing, <laughs> I hadn't been able to put my thumb on it until right now. And now yeah. that you're saying that, I'm like, oh, yep, you know, pack 12 so, so wide he, receiver, yeah.
0: So he, so he, he was pretty normal. Uh, uh, our thing of white, so was pretty normal against press coverage as far as how often he was relying upon contested catches, but even against off coverage, he's like off the charts for how much he was relying upon contested catches like he didn't really do anything except for run down the field and like box out no matter how he was being played so that doesn't seem to be as big of a concern for london so i was i was happy to see that because there are other guys who you could maybe put in that sort of bucket like i don't know t higgins or someone like that is maybe someone you would question whether or not they can really separate and be successful and he, he's been pretty good so yeah, i think he's more similar to like a t higgins type than a uh, artega wet side
1: yeah, you know, I think um I think that makes some sense. And then what do you have what are your thoughts about the uh, the Ohio State wide receivers?
0: I think I would prefer Olave if I don't know, if his if his draft status was a little bit better. I mean, right now I have him slightly below Wilson, but it's only because Wilson on here looks like he could go first he could be the wide receiver one and Olave's like 30 you know in the in the right 27 to 30 sort of range but there's nothing i'm looking at numbers wise that seems to matter to me i've heard that part of the of the issue and maybe this is a good thing that i'm that i don't follow along too much cuz i think maybe it gets pumped up a little bit too much it was as if he was being he was like leapfrogged by wilson and faded out as far as his importance in the passing game but again it's like For me, it's like you just you shake up the the mix of games and depending upon how it happens to lay out, whether it's like you're very good at the end versus very good at the beginning versus, you know, 50 50, you get much, much different impressions of players when it could just be like some randomness to it also.
1: Right. Which, uh, you know, we don't, we don't love to, uh, we don't love to, to think, to do the
0: randomness. It's not fun to talk about. It's not fun to talk about. Like, it wouldn't be fun if you had a podcast, which is basically my podcast where you just come on every week and you're like, okay, you know what just happened? Let's not get excited about it. Let's just remember it's it's ninety percent random and ten percent signal, and let's just not change our opinion at all over what just happened. So that that doesn't get people excited.
1: No, no, the people uh, the people are are not uh, are not nearly as interested in that. Uh, so my thing would just be is like I get these Ohio State wide receivers wrong all the time, and the NFL gets them wrong too, right? Devin Smith was a first round draft pick, and then Terry McLaurin was a third round draft pick, and it's like you know it, because the the Ohio State. I mean, they just don't, they play in like two competitive games a year basically is, is what ends up happening. Um, So like all their games are basically like the equivalent of Alabama versus, you know, Fordham state or whatever. Uh, I will say just from my, my just bombs production uh, (laughs) watching of Garrett Wilson, he, he seems unbelievable. I mean, he just see very honestly, very similar to Jamison Williams, where it's just like, I don't know how you tackle that guy.
0: Well, there's more of a hive. Definitely. It's more of a Garrett Wilson hive that I've seen out there, but. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe that'll change a bit when these guys both run at the combo. Are they running? I know that London's not, but I don't know if I assume they're running.
1: Uh, I, yeah, I assume I, I don't, I don't know at all. I mean, I would, I, but yeah, if, if Garrett, if Garrett Wilson puts up a four, three, eight or whatever, that's going to do, that's going to do wonders for him. But that's, I, I mean, I, I just don't really have any opinions other than that. I, I probably won't go out of my way to draft a ton of these guys. What about, uh, Jahan Dotson? the Let Penn see. state guy
0: he's um he's 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 kind of low on on here um he's low-ish for me because it has i have an assumed draft position of 35 but then I have him below Wandale Robinson and David Bell so you know not not awful or anything but uh not it, there's 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 nothing that jumps out that much as being I- excitable I mean I had pretty good market share numbers but his yards per route run was pretty low so he's doing it on somewhat of a high volume there or just weak weak efficiency amongst other receivers on the team i guess is how he was able to get those big market share numbers
1: yeah i mean and and um i mean he's also he he's kind of one of those guys where um i i wonder if he does post like an absurd uh, 40 time because that was kind of what happened to KJ Hamler right they're honestly you know teammates incredibly similar now Dotson didn't really break out until his final season I mean his, his first thousand yard season was year four year four prospect like we we we, we don't love the non early declares as much
0: yeah I, I don't know Hamler I liked Hamler a lot uh embarrassing amount actually well Hamler so,
1: had the um he had the special teams production too, which we which we like. He was like an unbelievable returner.
0: Yeah. And the dude gets open. I mean, he didn't really have a lot of help at quarterback. Obviously, he had the injury here. He's had some pretty nasty looking drops. But then again, you know, you have nasty looking drops because you're, you know, wide you're the fuck open down the yeah. down the field. So um, I, I think he just had a bad it was a bad it wasn't a great fit with with Teddy, but even then he was getting open. I, I feel like he could have done something this this season. Uh, if it wasn't for the injury. Yeah. So Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll see.
1: I don't have, uh, I don't have any real um, sleepers yet on, on this class. Um, there are, there are a couple like slot guys who, you know, you know, if, if Britain Covey gets drafted by the New England Patriots or or Ty Fogle from Indiana, like if either of those guys get drafted by a team that like, you know, really loves their slot wide receiver, or whatever I could see them, you know, picking up, you know, being a, a third round rookie pick or whatever that, uh, that pays off, but yeah, I don't know. And it's, and tough. Also, it's tough.
0: Sleepers for wide receivers are, are are tough.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and I need to know, I need to know how fast they are first. That's a, uh, that's a, that's a big, it's a big part. It's a big part of my, uh, my hashtag, um, process. And, uh, unfortunately though, not a great running back class, uh, in my opinion, I, I just don't, I don't see any of these guys, uh, really being, stars really, I guess. I mean, and, and, and Brees Hall and Spiller are going to get, you know, they're, they're going to be go before anyone else. And I guess Spiller is crazy fast. Like he's uh I just saw that he he's like still competitively running track at like a football weight, which is wild.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I there, this class is even worse than the wide receiver class in terms of like the top guy. So the top, I have Brees Hall as the top guy here, but his percentile is more like ninety first percentile as opposed to last time we had you know Najee Harris and Javante Williams, um, more like ninety seventh sort of percentile type of guys. So he he's a bit down. I do think Hall is pretty interesting. I mean three over three receptions per game, pretty productive. Should be it looks like a pretty big dude. I saw a comp for him that I liked a lot, having watched him um, of Demarco Murray. And yeah, and like, cause his, his concern I've seen from some people is that he runs too straight up and he does kind of run, run straight up, but he seems like he's pretty fast and explosive. And I feel like that sort of stuff, guys who are going to grind out an extra half yard is a little bit overvalued by, by people anyway.
1: Yeah, and and Brees Hall also caught a ton of passes. I mean, eighty two yes. recep eighty two receptions in three seasons, fifty six touchdowns. I mean, he the video game numbers at the running. Like, I mean, not that not that it's a straight one to one translation. And also, uh, you know, held up. You know, didn't didn't miss any games throughout that entire that that's big. Uh, you know, knowing that at least knowing that guys are coming in without like soft tissue injuries, it seems good. I mean, maybe it isn't.
0: Yeah, but what's bad for this is that, you know, I'm projecting him as the top guy and he's also his assumed draft position is in the third round, the early third round. So that's just like not you can't you can't get that excited. Um, Walker has a little bit better draft position, but he gets nailed because of the lack of receptions. And this is a PPR based model that I have. Um, But obviously the production is there on the ground. If Walker
1: goes in the 4th round to some team that likes to run the ball, that'll make me kind of excited uh because I mean and and also he's weird. If he's going
0: before the 4th round, right? I mean, I don't know. You think he will? I don't know. He's number 1 guy on these on these mock draft boards. I don't know how much you can rely upon that, but I mean, he's he's a he's
1: a transfer running back who didn't really I mean, I guess he scored 13 touchdowns for Wake Forest, but I I don't know. I mean, and he didn't catch the ball It's ton like he does feel uh like a kind of an anachronistic style running back like teams just don't value these guys who can't play on third downs all them i mean not not that kenneth walker can't you i i mean what the fuck do i know i don't know it's not like it's not like i'm breaking down his hip fluidity or whatever but the data would suggest he he doesn't catch a ton of passes
0: yeah he doesn't i mean i I guess the 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 retort to that is that Michigan State doesn't really throw it to backs generally and I think or that's throw it
1: that much at all really.
0: Yeah, yeah, so I think that's something to keep in mind but you you can't ignore it. You can't ignore the fact that that number's so much lower and that's what causes him to be behind Hall and Spiller for me despite having the uh highest assumed draft position, but it, 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 the difference between 55 and 65 is not a huge it's not a huge deal.
1: Uh yeah, no. No, it's not. Um People like this Kyron Williams guy from, uh, from Notre Dame. I've seen, uh, I've seen a little bit of, of buzz on him. He caught 42 passes his final season at Notre Dame like that. I mean, that's pretty good.
0: Yeah. He's next for me after that, after the big three. Although again, we're really dropping low as far as like a percentile type of projection. Um, I don't know if he can, I have his assumed weight at like 200 basically. So Can he take a little bit bigger workload, I guess? Does he have any potential of actually being a workhorse sort of guy in the NFL level? Probably not. And it kind of just seems like the lack of talent generally for running backs might push someone like him up to a point of like, is it really worth it?
1: Right. And what it, well, it's also like, uh, you know, the other thing is, is what what team like needs a guy like what team what team is going to install a rookie this upcoming year to give him 200 touches like it, it doesn't. I mean, it's funny, like the name I always think of in this spot is like the Buccaneers because they're they let all their guys go. Right. Because Rojo is Rojo's out of contract. Fournette's out of con- They just have Keyshawn Vaughn left.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, at least I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn actually did something. I was shocked. I was ready to write him off into teams, team special teams. Uh, maybe. Well,
1: because it doesn't matter. Right. I mean, that's what we know is yeah. these guys, these guys can be dead for four years. And if the team needs them, they break glass in case of emergency and they're fine. You know, yeah. like that's literally yeah. what we're learning.
0: What do you think about James cook?
1: Um, I mean, it, it's, it's always tough with the guys who are in timeshares at the, the good schools. Right. Yeah. So he, he played at Georgia he never got over a hundred carries until his final season, and he didn't even lead the team in carries because Zamir White um, was there as well. So it's like I don't know. Like I literally, don't, I literally don't know what to make of of that profile. Yeah, of guy.
0: yeah, because I don't have him like I have him about where he would be ranked just based upon an assumed draft position of of like a hundred, basically. But I feel like he might be a little bit undervalued for the timeshare aspect, maybe. If we're talking about PPR, you know, he's someone who could be interesting if he could gobble up a lot of passes somewhere, Um, see what he weighs, I guess, too. I'm assuming he's going to come in like at 190, which isn't great, but maybe that'll cause him to go in the like fifth round or something of the NFL draft and then he could be really cheap. I don't know.
1: Uh, the, the, another guy I've seen people get excited about is Tyler Alagier, the, the BYU yeah. guy who I think was a converted linebacker, which is just always interesting. Um, I guess. What yeah. The, yeah.
0: His numbers look good. Yeah. His numbers look good. Um, I, I don't know my, my, my just bomb scouting on him though. is like, he looks, he looks slow as shit. So I, I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see where he tests. He really did not look, yeah, it did it wasn't it wasn't pretty to me. Yeah, but I mean it's just not a,
1: it's just not a good running back class at all, is really what it comes down to.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm trying to think of who it reminded me of when I was watching. Um who's the uh God, who's the rookie who went to the Chargers who actually got some run? Not a uh, lot though. Uh
1: Larry Roundtree from Missouri. Larry
0: Roundtree. That's what he reminded me of. It was like a guy who's productive, but then Roundtree's. Freaking pro day numbers were an abomination and he still got carries in the NFL, but we saw that he couldn't do anything with them. So I don't know. It could be a similar thing here for, for, for Algier.
1: Um, Do you have any, any preliminary thoughts on the quarterbacks?
0: Yeah. I mean, my, I've been just telling myself over and over again, not to get too invested in anyone here because I don't want to, start to get invested or think I have to be invested in someone because I'm putting all this work into looking at them. And then you feel like it's a waste. If you just come out at the end being like, no yeah. to all everyone. Right. Um, but I kind of like corral probably more than others do as being let is being quarterback one. Although I think he, I think a lot of people saw him as potentially quarterback one. And now he didn't go to the senior bowl. He wasn't part of that whole process where it seems like Malik Willis jumped up. Um, but he's a guy who's been productive multiple seasons. He has a decent amount of rushing production. Maybe right. he can't replicate that in the pros because he doesn't have that sort of athleticism, but he, he was able to do that. And he performed pretty well under pressure vis-a-vis what he did in uh, from a clean pocket it's just our grading doesn't like him a lot like the pff grading for him under pressure is just absolutely trash but his stats aren't that bad so again it, it all depends on i think he might get overly dinged for being part of this qb friendly system and those are guys i normally like or ones who get like guys who are part of a qb friendly system and no one cares yeah I, I i might be wary of that but when everyone is talking about how that's a problem i start to like those guys
1: what about uh, what does your guys data have on Malik Willis?
0: Well, the, the thing with Willis is last season, he, he was just like a sack taking machine <laughs> last season. So that really hurt his, his projections for, for me, but he didn't really do it the season before. So I don't know what happened uh year over year there. I think he looks okay. He's just inaccurate according to our charting and for me, the big red flag was just, he's, he's kind of like him, him and Howell or, are, or um, are would be by far the worst guys that have been drafted in the first round. If they're drafted in the first round, as far as how, how much that they're, they're taking sacks. And I kind of even figured out a way to, to sort it between what's the old, what's the offensive line's fault and what's the quarterback's fault. And they're mostly just on the quarterback, what they've done. The only guy who's close is Justin Fields. And even then after that, no one is really close to have taken that many sacks in their final season.
1: Just had to throw the Justin Fields
0: dig in there, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I gotta to give, it. I gotta get, gotta get, gotta get one. I mean, you know what's funny about, okay, so I want to talk about the quarterback stuff for a little bit, is there's this general feeling, and I remember I was having a conversation with some radio guy from Buffalo earlier today about, um not that they're looking in the quarterback market and for the Bills, but just about like how there could be a, he thought there could be a bias towards quarterbacks being drafted too early. And I feel like, my, my new thing is, I think there's a bias against them being drafted early, unless they're one of these guys that people see as being a sure thing, because let's think about Justin Fields, right? He was the was 11th pick? Yes. 11th yeah. pick, right? a lot of trash has been drafted in between, let's say 10 and 15 in the NFL draft guys that wash out after a couple of seasons, guys who go on to do nothing, guys who don't get a second contract and nobody cares. Nobody even thinks about it. Nobody's like, Oh, remember when that, that GM is forever tainted because he drafted, uh, you know, whoever at some some,
1: quarterbacks and wide receivers, people know when wide receivers flame out, but not some, you know, middle linebacker.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that, and that happens. And then, but yet we're going to like, Justin Fields is like, Oh, Justin, he has Justin Fields. Everything's writing on Justin Fields. Everything's writing on Justin Fields. He has the 11th overall pick. It's not that big of a deal. You know, like, I mean, they traded up to get him, So it's a little bit more complicated, but I just feel like teams should just be more willing to throw a pick at someone in the middle of the first round. If it doesn't work out, then just write it off. Like you write off another position, not working out.
1: I mean that is uh, that was um, that was a big argument that Josh used to make when the Browns had all those picks in the yeah. first round. Is like, oh, you should just take two of them. Should have taken, should have taken, should have taken Baker and should have taken Lamar and just let them let them duke it out. You know, well,
0: I mean, Lamar didn't go till pick number thirty-four. What if you took Baker and, uh, and Sam Darnold
1: or Rosen <laughs> or whoever? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Then you would have been in trouble. Yeah, no, I, I get that, but I'm not even talking about premium sort of draft capital because they were drafting first and fourth, but even in the middle, like fourth is kind fourth. If you if you brick a non quarterback at four, that looks pretty bad too. Okay, that looks that's going to look pretty bad too because you're going to be taking one of the top uh, non quarterback positions over with. But if you brick a guy at fifteen, I just feel like if someone drafts Malik Willis at fifteen, it's going to be it's going to be like the front office's whole future is dependent upon what happens to Malik Willis. Whereas if you just draft some cornerback who, you know, tears his ACL and then never come, never plays for the rest of his career, no one will blink an eye as long as the team is doing okay.
1: Right. Yeah. That's, that is uh that is a good point. Um, all right. We can, we can get you out of here. What, uh, what can the people look forward to from unexpected points and, NPFF over the next week?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm talking, obviously, everything's all draft, all free agency all the time. So this week, there's the press coverage and off coverage articles I'm talking about for the next couple of days. Earlier this week, I had combine drills for every position, what matters or what doesn't matter, these scores that I build into it. Some pretty interesting takeaways um, because I'm putting 10 yard splits in there cause we have all of that information and that seems to be something that's probably more relevant to in almost all positions than the 40 yard dash, which gets a lot of hype. So I think that's a big takeaway from there. Um, and maybe some of the agility stuff, but I think we're all kind of, kind of hip to that, but th- those are ones that, are getting a decent amount of play out there because you can kind of be like your compendium to when you're watching along and what's going on at the combine is to, to see by position, which particular drills seem to really matter. And unfortunately for the 40 yard dash, which is the marquee drill, it's just much, much more important for, for draft status than it is for NFL value, according to our metrics.
1: Yeah. Well, and it just, I mean, the 40 yard dash plays into. The draft position, right, is what is oh, what yeah. we've come to learn. It's
0: like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's just just whether or not that's going to be overvalued vis a vis what they're actually going to do. Um, so, especially running back, for, I feel like the ten the ten yard split ended up being a big thing. There were guys that I that I found in there. I mean, everyone was excited by someone like Aaron Jones when because he, he had this overall athletic profile, but I thought the contrast from his ten yard split to his forty was pretty interesting because he had to basically. He ran a four, five, six at 208 pounds. So it was like a 50th percentile middling type of 40, but then his 10 yard split was a 96th percentile, how fast he was. And let's face it, like these guys are never running 30 yards, 40 yards down the field. It happens like once out of every 25 carries that they get. So it's stuff like that. I think that can be interesting when now that you have electronic timing on all this stuff, you can get some pretty accurate assessments of the shorter splits. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, all right, there we go. Everyone, Kevin Cole, unexpected points, pro football focus, and, uh, we'll be back next week.
0: Price drop time to shop, get to a Nordstrom rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more up to 70% off brands. Everyone loves at Nordstrom rack denim dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it